And we're live for another episode of Athletic Insights. Athletic Insights is a resource for youth sports organizations, coaches, parents, and young athletes looking to get a glimpse in behind the scenes of elite athletics. We're joined here today by um, Gavin Rash, a five-time national championship Carlton Ravens men's basketball player. Gavin, how are you doing today? Uh, doing good. Uh, could be doing better, locked inside, but uh, happy to be involved still. For sure. And what sorts of things are you doing to keep yourself busy during uh, COVID right now? Um, well, I started a new job on May 1st, so I think stuff will change then tomorrow. But uh, right now I've been watching way too many movies and eating when I'm bored. So I'm picking up a lot of bad habits, but hopefully be able to turn those around after everything's back to normal. For sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. And Gab, why don't you just take a minute here to uh, go over your youth sports background for us? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I, I played basketball, as you mentioned, at Carleton University. Um, I actually played for six years um, because my first year I redshirted. So that was a different experience altogether. But uh, yeah, I was there for six years. I uh, was able to obviously play part of a lot of super successful teams. We won six championships through we there. Um, yeah, and then I retired in 2016. And uh, that's about it. For sure. And, and growing up, was it just basketball or when you were younger, what sorts of things were you doing to like develop your athleticism? Um, I mean, I played all kinds of sports, but mainly it was soccer and basketball. And my parents kind of made me choose at a young age which one to go for because we had a cottage at the time and it was really important for my mother to have family time up there. So uh, like I, when I was younger, I played everything. But, you know, ever since I'd say about grade seven and eight, it was uh, mainly focused on basketball. And that makes sense. So grade seven, eight, you decided basketball is the sport you wanted to pursue. And was there a, a time there in high school when you really committed to it or were you quite committed to it from a younger age? Um, I mean, I was always pretty committed to it, but definitely when I started to, uh, we had a, a program called the guardsmen. It, uh, it doesn't exist anymore, but uh, it was kind of like a start off as like a skills development thing and it was run through Carleton University. Uh, so that's when I was kind of exposed to more what training actually could be uh, as opposed to just playing basketball for fun. So that all started around like grade seven and eight. But I would say grade nine is kind of when I actually made a commitment to try to be good at the sport, even though before, uh, I guess, just subliminally or whatever you want to call it. My mother had played in university, so uh, maybe some unfair advantage there for sure that's that's important i imagine your mom played a quite a big role then in you getting into basketball when did uh gab i wanted to ask you when did the recruiting heat up for you what did your recruiting process look like and if there's any uh, advice you want to pass on as well yeah well i mean recruiting now is like completely different than when i did it right you have a lot more exposure and, and people even similarly stuff that you're doing there um there's just a lot more going on i mean my recruiting process uh was relatively bland i'd say and uh we went over um that same guardsman team one year we had a uh we had an au team that instead of playing here in grade 11 we actually went always traveled to united states so i always say that that dampened uh my recruiting potential if that's actually true or not i don't know mm -hmm. but uh, I was looking pretty heavily between uh, Carleton and, and Queens. Uh, a few other schools had recruited me, but kind of those were the, the last two that I was looking at. So uh, I made my decision, uh, I think, 
pretty early. Uh, Dave kind of, you know, put a little bit of pressure on me and I guess I cracked. Uh, so <laughs> I was committed, I don't know, like uh, borderline, I think two months into past the time when you actually could recruit somebody. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's about it. I mean, so then I, I didn't really go any further in the recruiting process other than having, you know, the, the recruiting weekend, which happened after everyone from that year had already committed. So it was kind of <laughs> like a weird dynamic, but uh, nothing too crazy. Just, yeah, initial getting recruited, you know, uh, I was going to visit Queens and never did, but, uh, and obviously I, mean, I was comfortable with Carlton. <laughs> right. And sometimes the recruiting process can be overcomplicated. So I think you're a really interesting example of the recruiting process that was simple, efficient, and, and it worked out um, because obviously you won six championships at Carlton and uh, made an impact at that program. But you just, you mentioned Dave Smart there, the, uh, the longtime head coach of Carlton. You want to talk a little bit about some of the strategies he implemented and the impact that he's just had on Canadian basketball as a whole. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dave's uh, anyone that follows uh, CIS or U sports now basketball knows who Dave is and he's pretty eccentric character. Um, but I mean, to have, obviously there, there is a, other good coaches in the, in U sports as well, but to have someone that kind of, when he's, had the he's covered so many different bases and, and so many different we'll say leagues of basketball like you know he, he talks with Jay Wright and NCAA and other coaches down there and and just uh, also influence on the national team it, it's kind of really cool because I, I mean towards definitely my it was re- pretty evident really early on that I probably wasn't going to make the national team right but to have that same quality of of coaching you know I would get more access to than even those national team guys uh, was definitely just a, an amazing experience. Um, but he also does a lot of stuff just for Ottawa basketball as well as, as uh, I'm sure you're, Oh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but he's the GM of the blackjacks team, which is the new uh, uh, league here, the Ottawa mm-hmm. team. So he's got his paws everywhere. Um, I mean, he is technically, I guess, retired from coaching the men's team though. I do think he does have, <laughs> enough influence on that still but yeah he's just uh i mean obviously it's it's brought a lot to carlton university and just ottawa as a whole in terms of um like the influence that he's had but yeah i I can't really touch on how other people think about him because i'm sure there's a lot of people that are a little bitter uh about his success but from an internal standpoint it's been great for sure and in the uh the internal success Gavin was talking about there was and you can correct me if I'm wrong on the statistic but has Carlton not won 13 of the last 15 national championships or what's the what's the record at right now honestly I need the exact one but I, I think it is uh is it 14 now I mean I could be yes, wrong it would be 14 now because of they also won last month right so yeah 14 14 of the last 16 cis men's basketball championships have gone to the carlton ravens and of course dave smart always his name's always involved but you also got to give um some credit to the the athletes and in, in, in the program in essence as well so gab you want to take a minute and like kind of just talk us through your experience from going uh joining carlton as a, a, a redshirt freshman and, and then playing out your five years of um, eligibility, but also how you personally kind of navigated that in a way that allowed you to have um, some academic success as well, because uh, I know you're a math physics guy and you've spread your, um, you spread your education a little longer with the sports. And that's one of the avenues that I'm very, um, 
pro towards and i just kind of wanted to get your input on it as well yeah um okay where do i start there well from just like the uh the i mean the red shirt year and stuff uh, I'll, I'll just try to fit in the academic stuff at some point there uh, i mean obviously there's a lot of life changes your hat is happening there alone right so i actually lived away from home and stuff um i didn't want that to affect my decision on whether where i was going to play obviously whether it be King, in kingston or in ottawa so i lived away from home and there's i don't know you don't even realize how much stuff your parents do for you and and how you see your own i don't even know like my sleep schedule was just ridiculous right uh my like first true taste of freedom and so it, it is difficult when you're trying to navigate just regular life. And then you're also trying to nav- navigate this, you know, sports basketball experience that is 10 times more intense than you've ever had before. So there's a lot of moving parts there, but I've was lucky enough to have a lot of supportive friends, teammates, and, and uh, there's always the older guys at Carleton, at least we're, we're looking to help out the younger guys as I'm sure it's with every other school. And it, it's just, it's kind of this interesting dynamic. So yeah, so you go through that year and I mean, it was tough too, because I wanted to say I was on the team, but also I wasn't dressing. So it was kind of that weird dynamic of like, I kind of hope that people don't figure that out because it's kind of embarrassing because I don't play. Uh, right. So, so that was weird, but um, you know, I was lucky enough to wait my turn and I was also lucky enough to play with the guardsmen because they extended it one further year where it's like U19 now. So I was right. getting almost double training because I was Carlton basketball and guards in basketball. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get a spot on the team. Uh, still didn't play terribly much, uh, but it was uh, it was really great to finally have that jersey. And then, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough that every year I kind of increased the amount of time I, I was given and, and the amount of uh, opportunity and all those things. And uh, yeah, so I figured it off being, you know, a captain and maybe whatever kind of, you know, character change that was from being a red shirt. But um, yeah, that was a great just personal growth experience. And and from the academic side, as you were talking about, um, yeah, I, I wasn't a difficult program. And actually, when I went into the academic advisor for the physics program, uh, I remember him actually telling me to either drop basketball or the program because it would have been too much. And uh, me being the stubborn guy I was, I thought I was going to stick it out. Um, how, how I would recommend that someone would do that go, going back is like, take your time. Like, you know, you, you don't have to. I mean, if you're trying to pursue athletics and academics, um, I'm assuming that you're looking to kind of do something after sport, right? So there's no pressure to kind of get it done in those five years that you have to play and then, you know, go play pro or whatever it is. I mean, obviously some people want to keep that door open, but you know, there's some closet grades in there that aren't fantastic of mine. And um, it was because I had my plate too full. So that'd be my advice if anyone's looking to do both of those, but um, no doubt a challenge as well. No doubt a challenge. Yeah. For sure. And I just want to add to that. When I was um, at Carleton for my first year, you were a guy that I looked up to in the sense that I saw that you were you were in the math and science programs. And I think we had a computer coding class together. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really how we got to know each other. Um, but I got to see somebody a couple years ahead of me um, doing both the academic and the athletics at a high level. And that's one of there's obviously lots of uh, tiny nuances that 
allowed me to get back into football after my first year at Carleton. But um, just seeing people like you, just, you know, normal, we're more, you're a normal guy and I'm a normal guy. And then now we get to, uh, we get to share the story and the experiences we have with the next generation who, who might look up to you as like the way I looked up to you, Gavin was here's a guy who's won like three national champions already. And I'm just a freshman here trying to learn computer coding. So um, I think it's really important that, um, young athletes, people who are starting the recruiting process right now kind of understand that um, you got to pick a school and you got to pick a program. And you have to take into consideration that if the, the workload gets too high, like your academic advisor had said, you got to pick a school that if you don't have the sport you're there for anymore, that you're still going to want to be there to finish your degree. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your what is your opinion on that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Honestly, when I the how I even got into my program was, I mean, I was going to go into just a bachelor of uh, of commerce, which is like what ninety percent of athletes go to, at least at Carleton, and uh, and then last minute I didn't want to leave sciences, and I ended up picking just math and physics because it sounded cool. So I mean, like I'm probably not the the best uh, model from looking at it. Uh, like appropriately in that regard, I would say that you should do that. I mean, looking back now, I, I'm lucky that I enjoyed both of those things. Like I'm looking to go on and do a master's of physics, applied physics at U Ottawa. But, um, but yeah, it was kind of just, I don't know. I was like, that makes me sound like Einstein. I, I should try to do that. <laughs> but, For uh, sure. Oh, I've had that thought before. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I ended up enjoying it. I mean, I enjoyed mathematics probably more than I actually enjoyed physics because of the labs, but, uh, but long story short is, yeah, I would recommend that you kind of sit down and and think about, uh, what you actually want to end up doing because I mean, I'm not disappointed with my result, but, uh, when I was done basketball, right. And that had been my identity and kind of the thing that was keeping me going, um, it was really hard for me to transition and put that same energy and focus into something else. And I realized, right. you know, after a little bit that it was like, okay, um, I'm competing against people that have had their, you know, their dream since if we can even say first year, they, they're already starting with five years of experience in terms of that being their main identity and passion. Um, so I shouldn't, you know, try to compare myself to them. And if you could, you know, maybe do those things concurrently, uh, it'd probably be an easier transition to jump from one to the other. For sure. And then the next thing I wanted to go over, Gav, I want to touch base on what was it like to play in a program where the state, it wasn't even that the standard was winning. It was almost like the expectation. You, you were on the team for six years, you won six national championships. What, what kind of um, problems maybe or um, what kind of issues does a team like that face when they're trying to stay motivated because the bar is so high consistently? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's definitely weird. I mean, I'm not going to dance around it. Uh, Like for instance, it's kind of hard when you're trying to prepare for a team that you know, you're probably going to beat by a considerable margin. Um, But I mean, Dave's pretty good at, you know, he, one of his things is trying to fight complacency, which, you know, you've probably heard in a, a bunch of different places, but he's really good at it. And uh, he's really good at, um, I guess, applying that certain pressure that you are, uh, you do take it seriously because there are kind of borderline repercussions in terms of him getting uh, angry or something like this, or, or you letting down your teammates. 
So uh, there was always that background pressure, but it is kind of weird because it comes from a different place than just like pure, you know, that, you know, competitive feel that you have when it is a close and intense game. Um, so it, it does really, yeah, he does play a massive part in that. I mean, the other thing too is, you know, there's also uh, an internal pressure that you feel like, for instance, if you don't win a national championship, uh, at least in that environment, you can't even, you know, start to talk about that you were a part of the best Carlton team, right? You're not even in the conversation mm. anymore. So, uh, and that's obviously a, a common talk in all the alumni uh, meetups that we've ever had. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a weird environment and it, it is a lot of pressure. And I, I mean, I talked to you about this, uh, previously is it, it really didn't set me up that well for when, you know, the fairy tale didn't turn out as planned. And, uh, like when I finished, I didn't get one job and then I panicked and went back to school. Right. Um, whereas, you know, you have to apply to more jobs in order to, to get one normally. So I had that weird effect as well. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more? Because I think that could be beneficial, not just towards young athletes, but people transitioning away from university. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, just in, in general, uh, it's, it, it's weird because, I mean, you, you've lived your whole, in terms of athletes, you've lived your whole life trying to be good at something. And I think my, my old teammate, Victor, said it properly. And then he's like, and then one day it just doesn't matter right like you know what i mean that after you're done you're done and it, it trickles down to so much more than even that just time commitment like for instance basketball is still the thing that i know what to do in order to improve at the best right whereas when you go into right the the world we'll call it like yeah there's a billion podcasts and books and opinions and blogs and stuff right but you know you don't have that natural intuition as to weed out which ones are relevant and not and that's super difficult, right? So you go into this other mm-hmm. sector that you, you're just so much worse at in terms of understanding. So it's a combination of both of those things. And, and as I said, yes, uh, you know, the other day, it, it, it's, it's interesting, right? That like, you would think that, oh, this success will just like transfer over to more success. And like, without a doubt, there's transferable skills. Uh, but at the same time, like it didn't set me up for that first, like, hard no <laughs> that I didn't get. Right. So yeah, I don't think both. anyone's go ahead. Sorry. They, oh, I just said there's pros, pros and cons to both. Yeah. One of the things that bishops did really well on the academic side is they really prepared us in the last semester of school for what the real life was, what real life was going to be like, mm-hmm. because when you're a student athlete or just a student in general, you're in, you're in the bubble, you're in the safe, university system where you can you know if you need to email the dean of your discipline you can do that and you'll probably get a response and then like you said you go to the real world and we have to learn how to hear no but for for the majority of student athletes obviously you're an enigma as a six-time national champion but uh i mean if we're going to speak candidly about this you won more national championships than i won total football games in three years so right there's there's such a, a discrepancy in like the lessons or like the personal takeaways from each person's uh, experience in sport. Um, but for you, like, was there specific things you learned as a student athlete um, that you're going to like bring forward uh, towards your future career once you're done your second physics degree? Um, I mean, obviously being a part of a team, there's like, uh, I mean, it, the other thing too is it, 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 forces you to stay organized 
right? You, you can't, you can't just go afloat. You also have this support system and stuff. So, but it, you, you can't just be a regular student, which again has this pros and cons, right? Like, uh, you know, bishops might've had a bit of a different, uh, we'll say personality when it comes to these things from what I've heard, but, yeah. uh, but you know, there, there are, you know, you have to, you have to make sacrifices and, you know, learning to do that is, is definitely beneficial when learning to do anything from there on out. Uh, the other thing that, that's really great about sports that I've always thought is that it, 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 you know, it does give you that leadership opportunity as, as corny as that sounds nowadays and as overused, but it does kind of give you an understanding of, of people and, and an understanding of, of what they care about and, and how to talk to them and stuff, which has to be definitely changed when you get into the real world, right? Like, um, right. one thing that I found is that it, sports gave me a really good barometer or, or measurement of what I should expect of myself, but I should never ever push that same expectation onto other people, you know, and it was pushed to Carlton to kind of, you know, uh, when somebody was doing something that was, you know, either harmful for the team or harmful for themselves to, you know, talk about that and, and try to find a way of fixing that. But, you know, you get into workforce and that's not a welcome thing. People will ask for help when they need it or when they think they need it. They won't just, you know, expect you to, to tell them about X, Y, Z, whatever your opinion on things. So that's been something that's been like, okay, it gave me a really good, uh, you know, a really good uh, stick to measure myself by in terms of how much I'm achieving and stuff like that. But to not actually project that onto others has been another learning point for me after sports been done. That makes a lot of sense. And, and as we were talking about earlier, I think that's exactly what I was referring to when I said there's going to be like different le lessons learned, even within the same team. Like you, you probably perceived a challenge slightly different than your teammate on the right and left of you. So mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a really, uh, really useful piece of advice just in life, like regardless of whether you're an athlete or not. Um, but looking back now, Gavin, is there anything over the course of your time as an elite athlete at Carlton? where was there ever a time that you maybe needed some advice or would you have changed something or are you generally, are you genuinely uh, just content with your experience? Because one of the things that me and you were talking about earlier is just even this podcast as a resource would have been like super beneficial when we were coming up. Mm -hmm. Oh, it would have been fun too, to just listen in to, you know, your heroes that aren't actually heroes in any regard, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, what I mean. but um uh, sorry, what was the question again? Was it, uh, just, I mean, was there ever a time when you were, uh, playing for Carlton that, um, the team might've been in maybe the odd time, an unfavorable situation, or there's, uh, just a piece of advice you might, what might've wanted to instill in yourself oh, that right. you have now that you might not have seen so clearly as a player at the time. Um, I, this is going to sound odd, but one thing that I would have rather, that I think I would have rather done is uh take a break <laughs> so i was in ottawa so it was like you know it was going all year in the summer and in season and uh, i just think that like a, a time away would would have helped me kind of clear my head and and maintain my borderline identity as opposed to um you know just being involved within that i don't want to call it an echo chamber but sort of right like in order to give yourself a time to 
borderline like you know self-meditate it will say or whatever you know over the the course of maybe a week or two kind of thing because you know when you're in it and you're constantly in it like sometimes it's just exhausting and and sometimes you don't think see things as clearly as you could have had you just taken a step back and and the way that i i look at it too was um you know the, the way i when i look back on things now i would have approached it with a completely different um mentality or, or perspective or whatever it would be but uh but i don't think that there's any like specific tibet of of right. advice yeah no that's fine for sure. it was just more that you know that uh i don't know like you mature and you grow up and that's the other thing that's so great about university sport is at the same time you're just becoming a, a man or a woman or or it's and and that's just like so it, it makes this experience as much of uh, about growing up as a coming of age story as it does about sports but um i i look back though too and like the, the advice i would have given myself would have ruined some things and and that sounds stupid but right for instance like uh you know i would have been much more organized with school and and stuff like this and but m- m- some of my best friendships from university that weren't a part of the basketball team were made or at least originated by us trying to finish assignments before they were due right so those friendships would have never existed had i been you know the person i guess that i would say that i am today or just looked at things the way i am today so i wouldn't change it because you know i want those friendships and i want those relationships and and the only thing that uh, advice i would give to myself is just always you know try to do your best and try to improve and and things end up usually turning out. I mean, the, the other thing, yeah, the no. other thing I would say too, uh, that I said previously about the advice was, you know, you know, pump the brakes and, and take less classes and who, whom are you trying to impress? Like, you know, stuff like that. that, that those are other things that, that I would have looked to try to do as well. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think it's a great way to go into the next little section here. Gab, I want to ask you, what's your, what was your why when you were an athlete? Like, what was motivating you internally to do, uh, I mean, everything it entailed to be a Carlton Raven basketball player? All the strength training, the, the film, the strategy, the meetings, the early mornings. What was motivating you um, when you were younger? And as you, left, uh, as you left basketball, has your why that's motivating you now changed? Has it changed at all? Or is it the same kind of stuff that's motivated you always? Mm. I mean... I mean, back then when I first started, it was definitely as much of an identity thing as anything, right? Uh, Like I would, if my friends in high school would have introduced me to someone, they'd be like, this is Gavin, he plays basketball, right? So that that's definitely the uh, a a lot of the reason why I I did things. But, you know, also, like, I'm, I'm not yeah, this is going to break some people's hearts, but I don't know if I was like in love with basketball, but I was definitely in love with being on a team. Right. So, and, and, and I was right. definitely in love with, with personal development and sports gives you a great, or at least, you know, team sports gives you a great aspect for both of those things. So, you know, it, it, you can take this identity that transferred over to uh, an attempt to to lead by example and i like to talk so i i tempted to way before i should lead by speaking but you know le- your lead by example and doing things right in order to you know show the the newer guys what's possible and stuff like this and i mean uh man it, it's bring back so many memories and 
and it was so fun, especially those last years when you're you're teaching the what uh, w- yeah, what memories stand out the most? What were what are like the the high points that that uh, that you remember and that you know you're gonna take with you? Oh, honestly, uh, from everything, and, and I'll be completely candid, everything from you know winning championships or or losing games, even those are memorable. Uh, to you know, going out as a team, right? Like we we had a a lot right. of memories of of that, and and uh, you know even memories of going out as a team and then getting in trouble, right? So those are it's funny how those memories kind of end up uh kind of end up being you know fond memories, even though at the time it seemed like it was the end of the world. Um, so it, it's stuff like that. Even just like I lived with basketball guys all throughout my university career, so just like very tight-knit friendships and that um yeah those are the things that stick out and it's always interesting once you do get back with these guys and and you just start talking like what ends up coming out of the woodworks like you know sometimes uh, i was talking with uh with connor wood the other day and sometimes you're talking with these guys and you're like oh man like we've been out of touch for two years like how what are we gonna say blah 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 and it, it's just like effortless and it's, it's story after story and just good laughs and, you know, talking uh, smack about, you know, is, who is the better shooter, all this. And it, it, it's really not anything specifically, but it's just everything entirety. And it's definitely not working on my jump shot that I remember. So <laughs> for sure. And just for some context for the people listening at home, Gavin was a, you were a three point specialist. That was your role essentially, right? Yeah. Like I, yeah, I played, I was backup point guard too. And, but mainly like I was, yeah, I would say a, a shooter would be a, my role. Yeah. You had the green light with a lot of, uh, a lot of range for sure. Did, um, did any of the, the national championships stand out more than the other? And, and then also follow up question. Um, what did losing a game and like, did it mean something internally to a program that successful or was it just, you know, learn this, this and this and move on? Or, or was there, did, did those games that you, you drop or usually in the season, cause you guys didn't lose much in the playoffs. Did, did that affect the team dynamic at all? Or were you guys just a well-oiled machine? Um, in some ways it was easier when we lost. Um, and that sounds weird, but it, as I said before that, fighting complacently complacency portion of of dave's perspective you know kind of went out the door because you know we lost right so it's not no you can't be complacent anymore because it's a reality so in, in some ways it was it was easier because it was easier to motivate guys it was uh everyone kind of actually didn't like w- losing <laughs> like you know these are top basketball players in the country and they came here for a reason right and you know, some stuff they used to snuff off and be like, oh, that's not going to happen. Nobody's going to beat us, blah, blah, blah. Those things, those arguments uh, stop having any sort of validity. So um, I, I don't think, mm-hmm. it, I think if anything, the, the coaches would, you know, take their foot off the gas pedal and it would be just more internally driven by the team more naturally. That's awesome. And, and that's the, exactly the kind of insights I, I was looking for in that type of question, because that's a perspective that I haven't gotten as an athlete, mm-hmm. so. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Um, and then I want to just know, like, do you have any advice um, for young athletes who are pursuing uh, sports, but sp- more specifically basketball in mm-hmm. Canada? What sort of things do they need to be doing now to get recruited, to get physically capable, just to be ready? Oh, yeah. I mean, as I said before, it's that's a completely different ballgame than when I was playing. Um, 
I was lucky enough. I think I'm just a, I might be a, I don't want to say a case study, but just a, a lucky case where, you know, I had known Dave since grade five and stuff like this. So um, I was kind of always around Carlton and, and I uh, was lucky to be good enough to, to end up being recruited by them, which was kind of my main experience. But, uh, but yeah, you, you should be, you know, you should be working on your game. I mean, the thing used to always be Dave kind of went at the end of the summers and those high school years would be like, Oh, who shot like 300 shots a day or whatever. And, and then I was, I did it one summer. And then the next day he asked the question who shot 500 shots a day. So um, that was frustrating, but um, it's, it's uh, I just, you know, trust, you know, trust whomever you should trust in those positions and, and work hard and, and, and just enjoy it. And the rest will come into play. I mean, obviously there's, you know, rankings and stuff. Now there weren't as formalized rankings back in the day when I was playing, but yeah, just play for the best teams you can and, and work on your game every day. It sounds corny, but uh, that's probably the best advice that I can give. Also, the, you know, you should be a, a basketball fan. Um, you should get your instincts through through watching, whether it be the NCAA or the NBA or, you know, even this uh, CEBL league that's coming in and local. Just just get your instincts from from that stuff. And, and I think you should be OK. For sure. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, Gavin, I want to just thank you for your time. You've provided a lot of uh, a lot of insights that even to myself through certain perspectives I haven't taken. So I just want to thank you for that. This was season two, episode seven of athletic insights. Gavin, thank you so much. For Thanks for having me.